Um, yesterday, Rabbi Perman, who was visiting uh, for a simcha from, uh, from Chile, he shared an amazing thing. He said that in, uh, in Kfar Chabad, there is a, uh, there was a little bit of an issue because uh, the men folk with a brain all Shabbos afternoon. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you. The men folk with a brain Shabbos afternoon until Mincha, until the end of Shabbos, and their wives and children were left on Shabbos alone. You know, they, and, and, they, and they were doing this in the in the guise of you know we're, it's so Hasidic we're going to have a bring all afternoon, and uh, and, and it, it seemed like a great thing we're going to together we'll talk words of Torah, but it wasn't so good for their families right, so they uh, so apparently I don't know who wrote the Rebbe was it, whether it was um, the leaders of the village or it was the women of the village, either way a letter came back from the Rebbe and the Rebbe said that that's not a correct way of doing things, you should get together in Fabring, and then you should come home after the Fabring and then share what you Fabringed about, what you've discussed with your family. But then the Rebbe said, there are times, Fabring all day long, till the end of Shabbos, the Rebbe said, that's what we learned about yesterday, that was the words that Rebbe used in that letter. means to go with all your might, all your power. That has to happen sometimes. Sometimes it has to happen. You should take Fabring the whole afternoon, there's such a thing. But that's only sometimes. Um, the words... Going all the way, we learned yesterday have the same letters as the words Adam, which means man, and that's because uh, the souls which are called the seed of man, the souls which could see Hashem in a very vivid way, they go all the way naturally, because they see the truth of Hashem. So there's no limitation in whatever they're doing. If when things are are very clear about what 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 a mitzvah is, what an Avera is, what Hashem is, what Ter is, a mitzvah are. So then there's no, no limitation how far you go. So the first section of Shema has the words, B'chol Me'edach, to serve Hashem with all your might. And the first section of Shema is called in the Gemara, doing the will of Hashem. When can you do the will of Hashem, the way Hashem wants it, the way Hashem wants it to be, when you're going beyond all limitation. And what fuels that kind of experience it's Adam. Adam and Ma'od are connected. Having that vivid perception of Hashem, that causes a person to go beyond limitation. That's what we got up to yesterday. We're in the, on 75. Let's start from the third uh, paragraph over there in the English. The word Ma'od has the same letters as the words Adam, referring to souls which are called the seed of man. This refers to souls who are able to perceive godliness in a very vivid way, as if they see it. With their understanding, with their mind's eye, they could see Hashem. And they're categorized in the Talmud and classified as those who do the will of Hashem. By their vivid perception of godliness, that causes them to be so attached to Hashem, as if they see Him. And this brings them to the fulfillment of the Pasuk, V'imchlein Chafatzti. What's V'imchlein Chafatzti? I don't want anything else but you. He doesn't want Ganeidin, doesn't want the higher level Ganeidin, doesn't want the world to come. Because Ganeidin and the world to come, although they are amazing places, and they're places of Hashem, but they're places which are 
insignificant compared to Hashem Himself. There are places which there are, where there is a tiny ray of galliness. Next page. Instead of wanting to be in those places, what does the Jew want? He wants to cleave to God alone. Okay. <laughs> we learned yesterday that when a person goes beyond their limits, they cause a similar response in Shemayim. When you go beyond your limits you cause Hashem also to respond to you, not according to the attribute of justice, but to give you far more than you deserve. You, go, you, went, you didn't make any calculations of, of your approach to what Hashem wants you to do, so Hashem doesn't make calculations either, and He gives you also beyond limitations. So specifically, the words the Gemara uses describing the person who goes beyond the limits and wants Hashem alone, doesn't want Ganeidin, Gemara classifies that person as someone who does the will of their creator. The, the words doing the will of the creator in the simple sense mean they do what Hashem wants. They're the ones who Hashem says, ah, that's what I want. But it also has a deeper meaning. Doing the will of the creator also means something else. It says in the Gemara, who is called a kosher woman? A woman who does the will of her husband. There was actually a woman who, uh, uh, in short, the Rebbe said that this doesn't just mean she obeys her husband. That means she causes her husband to do what to want the right things. Who is a kosher woman? Someone who who does the will of her husband. That means she makes her husband want to do the right thing. She creates the right will in him. In a similar way, when the Torah says that those who serve Hashem at the level we're talking about. They do the will of Hashem. It's not just that they satisfy God's desire. It's they cause God to desire something else. They, they, they create God's desire. The Hebrew word for desire has the same letters as the words pipe. Tzinar means pipe. And tzinar is also the letters of the word desire. So a pipe is a filter that causes uh, whatever is going through that pipe to be concentrated and focused through, that, uh, through that, that little funnel of that pipe. In a similar way, when we talk about when we talk about um, the desire of Hashem, we're, we're, we're talking about how Hashem's uh, infinite light is being channeled and filtered and directed and limited and concentrated in a certain way. So by serving Hashem beyond all limitation, that causes God's desire, that causes Hashem to, so to speak, become in a pipe. It doesn't mean that God becomes in, comes into a pipe. It means that God's infinite light is now channeled and directed in a different way than it was before. Let, let, let's read it in a second inside. And we'll get, we'll, I see you're puzzled by this. Hold on a second. Let's read it inside. We'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to it. By this yearning that a Jew has to cleave to Hashem, that causes there to be this desire of Hashem. The word desire has the same letters as the words pipe. That means he causes Hashem's infinite light to have a desire. Just like when you desire something, you are now channeled and directed in the thing that you desire. You're now encapsulated in a certain way and what you desire, as the Baal Shem Tov said, and the Rebbe repeated literally a thousand times more, 
how you are where you want to be. So your desire places you in a certain in a certain environment, a certain you, you connect it to what you desire. So your your desire is similar to Hashem's desire in the sense that Hashem is infinite. And when Hashem has a desire, so that takes something from his infinity and now limits it and channels it. What, what that means is, what does that mean Hashem has a desire? What desire are we referring to? So in his Although we're talking about God's limitation, God's limiting himself to a desire, that's actually a positive thing. That means Hashem's infinite light is now being channeled and revealed in you, in your soul, and in your environment in the world. Your reality, your personal reality, and what you see around you is, in a, you see Hashem's light there. Hashem's light is revealed in your, in your soul. Hashem's light is revealed in, in your world, in your part of the world. How did that happen? It happens as a result of you desiring Hashem beyond, uh, beyond all limits. You're, th- there's a uh, mimer, which I think we learned once. We did we do in this mimer. It's, it's, um, it's called Bechol Devader. And they said it in Tavshin uh, Lamedalot, I think, in Yalat Nissen. Um, where there's a similar theme to what we're learning about over here. The Torah says in every generation, a person has to go out of Mitzrayim. That's what? Leave Egypt. Leaving Egypt is something we do at the Seder. We're supposed to picture and imagine that we left Egypt. But also every day, there's a concept of leaving Egypt. What does leaving Egypt mean? Leaving Egypt means leaving all limitations. What does it mean to leave all limitations? Leaving all limitations means that a person dedicates themselves to Hashem beyond logic and reason, and he says to himself, if what this is about is love for Hashem, I'll do everything for Hashem. He doesn't reckon with what his neighbors say he should do, what his animal soul says what he should, that he should do, what his godly soul says that he should do. He just thinks this is what Hashem wants, and whatever it is, he does for Hashem. That's, 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 that's the meaning of saying Hashem Echad. We say in the morning, Hashem Echad, that Rizal says you have to have a mind, Messias Nefesh. What's Messias Nefesh mean? We say Hashem Echad, Hashem Yisrael Hashem Echad, God is one. Not only supposed to think about it, God is one, that Rizal says you're also supposed to think about yourself and how, about how you want to give yourself over to Hashem completely, right? To give your life for Hashem. Not giving your life in the sense of jumping off the roof, but you're ready to do whatever Hashem wants and you want to do whatever Hashem wants beyond all limits. So when you do that, when you when you go beyond, when you go out of your Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim limitations are the reason for darkness in the world. How did darkness exist? How does darkness exist? Where does darkness come from? Hashem made the world. It says it was evening and there was morning. Hashem made the world through, or as we say in Ma'ariv, every Ma'ariv we say Hashem rolls away light because of darkness. He rolls away darkness because of light. Whatever Hashem said, that means. That Hashem made a tzimtzum, he contracted his light. Before the tzimtzum, there was infinite light of Hashem that enveloped all of reality. And Hashem rolled away the light that existed before the tzimtzum to create the darkness of the tzimtzum. And then, Hashem also rolls away that exact tzimtzum, that contraction, that concealment. He rolls that away to bring a little bit of light back after that, that contraction. So Hashem first contracted all the light and hid all the light. And then Hashem caused a little bit of light to be revealed afterwards. So that's, that's, the, that's the first Mitzrayim. That's the first Egypt. Egypt is God's limitation. God's hiding His light. The reason why there could be 
an actual physical land of Egypt, which the Torah describes as the abomination of the earth, a place which is everything in that place was antithetical completely to what, 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 what Yiddishkeit is all about, how could that place exist? That place could exist only because of the first Simpson, because of the first Egypt, because of the first concealment of godliness. So when you reverse the Simpson in yourself, when you go beyond your limitations and your service of Hashem, so that you cause Hashem's light to shine in you, in your environment, in the world around you, and so that, one second, so, it's, so it stops being so dark. It stops being so dark. It's, Hashem's presence becomes more real to you, and not just to you, but, but to your, in your environment. Hashem's, Hashem's presence becomes more real, period. Go ahead. How do you do that? How do you go beyond your own capability of serving Hashem? How could I possibly do more than what I'm doing it right now? That's a great question. It's a great question. Um, we were just discussing this past Shabbos. The name of this past Shabbos is Chazak, to be strong. What does it mean to be strong? You're as strong as you are. Exactly. Be strong. Okay. What does that mean? So I think it means, one thing I think it means is that when you focus on, on, on uh, yesterday was Mother's Day, right? And people on Mother's Day, they do all kinds of wonderful things for mothers. And uh, it's not that they, they made a budget necessarily throughout the year and they decided, this is how much I want to give my mother this year for, her, for Mother's Day or for her birthday. It's that on that day, because you're focusing or because the day is coming up and the day you're focusing on your mother, you think, I want to do something special for her. You think about who she is how precious she is to you, and yeah. and therefore you want to go. You, you don't just you don't just like uh, you know do a nonchalant uh, Sunday morning call. Hi, mom. How you doing? But you want to do you do want to do a little more because you focused on her and you thought about her and, you, and that that evoked different feelings in you, right? So when you think about what's really going on, you go beyond what you ordinarily would do. As we learned yesterday briefly, that the king of Egypt is called pare. Pare means the back of the neck. When you approach something, you're, looking, not looking, you're not looking at it directly. You're just looking at it like in the back. You're not, you're not looking at it with your whole heart. So then you, you have limitations. But if you put your whole heart into something, then you go beyond the limitations. So if we were to think about who, what, what the most precious thing is to us, what is your heart? In the language of the Mayim that I just quoted, Derva says you have to ask yourself, what is your heart? What's the strength of your heart? What do you have in the world? It's, it's from the same verse, the same chapter of Psalms that the Rebbe quoted before. The, 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 the verse says, Kol um, my body and my soul are in a state of yearning. And the Bartanur explains, my body um, my, are in a state of yearning. Why in a state of yearning? Because what is my heart? And what is my, the strength of my heart? And what's my share in the world? It's Hashem. When I think about that, that the most precious thing to me is Hashem, that's my share in the world, that makes me go beyond limitations. By thinking about what's really um, um, precious to me. Is that what I'm saying or no? Hold on one second. It doesn't answer my question. Um, my question is, how can you do more than you're already doing? I mean, that's what I'm trying to get. Are you able to come five minutes earlier to learn this? If we started the show at 625. now. Right. So you, you did something more than you did before, right? I started off going to Yossi's class, now I'm coming to your class. But how did that happen? I wanted to. I wanted right. To I wanted to learn more. You wanted to do the right thing. Yeah. So that's because you're Jewish. That's because you're ready to go beyond limitations. You're a citizen of the future, of the coming of Mashiach. And that's, and that's what, that's, that, so tapping into that energy is what brought you here. Tapping more into that energy will bring you further. Every day more. Go ahead. 
there's a uh, world famous bicyclist who was asked how was world, world famous what world famous bike bicyclist bicyclist Gary you know he went on Tour de France a couple of times he's an American and they asked him uh, you know how do you compete with younger guys how do you compete with other guys younger guys younger guys right you know and he said well you know the mountains don't get any smaller we just have to get faster okay <laughs> but for us faster means doing mitzvahs more automatically without the hesitation without the body flow that's a good way to get stronger we're doing things the mountains don't get any lower lower we just have to get faster just have to get faster so you know there's no hesitation in the mitzvah got to get to the thing on top there got to say shema there there no hesitation yeah. wow anyway so so the Rebbe is saying that there's a different world that's created by, by your deci- decision to cleave to Hashem. Your decision, to, you want to be close to Hashem, that creates a whole different world. Um, let me just put the, the, the uh, fans on for a second. There's a, there's a Jew named Gedalia, I've got his last name, he's a horse trainer. And uh, he says that when horses go on races against faster horses, that makes them, that, that makes, that, that makes them faster. Right. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, go, hanging around the right people also, also is very beneficial. There was, there was a guy who uh, wanted to join the paratroopers. And he goes up on the plane and the sergeant says, jump. And the guy doesn't jump. And everyone else is jumping, he's not jumping. And the guy on the plane another time, he says, jump. Doesn't want to jump. He says, why don't you want to jump? He says, I'm afraid of heights. So why do you want, why do you want to be a paratrooper? So he says, I can't really be a paratrooper. But paratroopers are really cool. I want to hang around the paratroopers. So just by being in an environment of a lot of great people, that itself makes you, makes you want to go higher. Anyways, let's go further. So, by, so the Rebbe is saying that there's a different world you experience by your desire to cleave to Hashem and go beyond limits and, and give everything to Hashem. You're going beyond your Egypt. So just like in Egypt, it says that during the plague of darkness, the Jewish people had light. So too, there's light in your soul and light in your world. Hashem, God created the world with His words. You start to see a little bit of that. You feel that, there's a, that the world has a creator. You feel that Hashem is there. The world that he has, his world, is a different world because he sees godliness and everything. The godly energy that creates and animates the very existence of everything, he sees that. By him is a lichtige Welt that causes him to have a luminous world. He sees in everything the inner meaning of that thing. Which the inner vitality of something is its true reality. So that's the first section of Shema. Serving Hashem without limitation. And, that, and that's connected. It's interesting. It, it seems like till now we were saying that only Tzadikim could do this. Um... But now it seems like they're saying that everyone could achieve something of this by inspiring themselves to give themselves over to Hashem. As, as I quoted the Maimon the Rebbe, 
The Rebbe doesn't mention anything in that mind that I quoted before about tzaddikim. Because every person, by giving themselves over to Hashem beyond limits, going beyond their limits and, and, and saying to Hashem, I, I don't care about... Uh, the, the analogy they gave was, one analogy was, that he, all limitations a person has in how much Torah they learn, how much Dukkah they give, and how much time they have to, to allot it to daven. They don't reckon with all their responsibilities, and they just dedicate themselves to what Hashem, to what Hashem wants. That, 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 that kind of approach causes the world to be different. It causes Hashem to be more luminous in that person's life. So, so it's not only tzaddikim, it seems. Till now we're saying that, the, that only Adam, only a person who sees godliness clearly, can, can achieve b'chol me'edacha. But now it seems like the Rebbe is saying, if you have b'chol me'edacha, if you go beyond limitation, so then Hashem starts to, to reveal Himself to you. In other words, instead of your seeing Hashem beyond all limits being a result of seeing Hashem, it seems the opposite. By serving Hashem beyond all limits, that makes Hashem's presence more vivid to you. Isn't that part of the Biyahaptah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. In the second section of Shema, it says, if you will listen to His voice. It's different. The second section of Shema is different. The word listening means similar to hearing something from trustworthy friends where you have a certain understanding based upon what people have told you. There's no real connection there. It's not like where there's das, like you see Hashem. There is, the second section of Shema talks about a relationship with Hashem which is a little more distant, where things aren't so clear. Therefore, in the second section of Shema, it doesn't say to serve Hashem beyond the limits. It doesn't talk about the seed of man in this first and second section of Shema. Rather, the second section of Shema is associated with a different kind of soul, Zerah Behema. There's a, another discourse of the Rebbe, which we learned, it talks on Mechas, where the Rebbe compares the first section of Shema and the second section of Shema to the children of Yaakov, Reuven, and Shimon. Which sounds very similar to what we're learning here. Uh, it's, when Leah gave birth to Reuven, Leah says, God saw my pain, now my husband will love me. When Leah gave birth to Shimon, she said, God heard that I am hated, and that's why he gave me a child. Leah was not the preferred wife of Yaakov, and so each child that she had, she felt this would bring her closer to her husband. So that's the simple translation of the Pasuk, but there's a deeper meaning. The first section of Shema is associated with having a vivid perception of Galinus. In that discourse, uh, the Rebbe says another idea, not just how you could cause Hashem to be more vivid to you when you go beyond your, your limitation, but in that discourse, the Rebbe says another point. He says that every person could, as we, we, we had homework last week, I don't know if you remember, we gave you homework. Remember your homework? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. You yeah. got your homework. All right, well, we'll give you a couple of days to do your homework. The homework he was given was to to look through his past day and his past week and to see how only because of because of divine direct providence did the dots connect. There was no way for things to work out and he helped to see clearly that Hashem made the dots connect. So that is something we're all able to achieve. We're all able to have vividly see Hashem by looking at divine providence in our lives. That's what the first section of Shema is about. It's about seeing Hashem in a vivid way and that vivid perception of Hashem causes there to be love. 
when there, where there is, when you see Hashem in a vivid way, that causes it to be a different kind of experience. The first section of Shema is about loving, about love, and not just love in a limited way, but love with all beyond all limitation. What That's, if I don't see Hashem in a different way? You have homework, man. I know, but what if it, it's not working out for me? <laughs> don't, 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 uh, I, I had a, a science teacher, Mr. B., who uh, would always give us assignments in a way that you felt you're gonna you're gonna fail before you started because you had to put you had to put the, your name in one place, the date in another place, and the assignment in another place, and the uh, and the number of the assignment. You wrote the wrong number of the assignment. You got points off. So you didn't want to do the assignment because you felt like you're gonna lose before you even started. You can take points off because your your name was in the center of the page, the date was not and not whatever. So so. Um, you're going to win this assignment. You're going to ace it. You're going to say, wow, it actually was inspiring. I thought about my day, my week, and I realized, because it's, it's, it's absolutely true that Friedrich Yisrael has said that every person can look at their life and they could see Hashem's hand. It's, it's there. It's waiting for, you to, waiting for you to find it. Anyways, so, so, so it's not like Mr. B. It's, 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 it's you. Okay, so the first section of Shema talks about love, and the first section of Shema talks about divine providence. It talks about seeing Hashem. As Leah said, God saw my pain and my husband will love me. Where there is vision, there is love. Because a person has a vivid perception of Hashem, that causes there to be love. The second section of Shema is a little more tricky. The second section of Shema talks about, if you do this, you'll get that. If you don't do this, this is what will happen. If you listen to His voice, and you'll serve Hashem with your heart and soul, then Hashem says, I'll give you rain in, your, in its season, and your animals will have uh, grass, and you'll gather your grain and your oil, and if you don't listen to Hashem, and chas shalom, this will happen, and that will happen, it's not good. So, one second, we were, it's so romantic, the first section of Shema, love, you know? Why did, why, how did it switch all of a sudden, second section of Shema, talk about this will happen, that will happen, where, where, where was the nice guy, what, what happened to it? The second section of Shema is talking to a different part of ourselves. The second section of Shema is talking about where your questions are coming from, where my questions are coming from. The second section of Shema is talking about we're not in a state of seeing Hashem in a vivid way. We're the part of ourselves which is incapable of having that vivid appreciation for Hashem. We're not in that zone. So Hashem reminds us, even though you're not into it, the previous Shema once said, love is more enjoyable, fear is healthier. Av is megashmaker, yir is gezuntim. Where there is love of Hashem in a very palpable, tangible way, so then that's great. It's fantastic. But where there isn't, the second section of Shema says, where you only have, you're only listening to Hashem. It's not vivid. It's only understanding. The, sec- the theme of the second section of Shema is where you don't have that vivid appreciation for godliness. That's when Shema is to remind you, hey, this is worth it for you. Because if you'll keep the Torah mitzvahs, you'll have blessings. You won't keep the one of the blessings. So the second section of Shema says in this mimer is talking about lower kinds of souls. The first section of Shema is talking about higher kinds of souls. But the truth is, as everybody says in that mimer, it's not only relegated to different kinds of souls. Every one of us has to say both sections of Shema. That means there's a part of us which is more Adam-like and a part of us which is more animalistic. And there, there's both part, and Hashem wants us to do both of them every single day. So Hashem wants us to summon, do our homework, and to look at our day and to see Hashem making the dots connect and, and to create that kind of love for Hashem. Hashem also wants us to, to be aware and every day to be conscious of how... How listening to Hashem is just worth it, just good, just a better life, and that's the uh, that's the reason why the second second Shema is associated with the lower kind of souls who are, un, are who are not able to have that kind of vivid perception of Hashem. Any questions? Okay, have a great day, Reb Zev. Great day, Yenison. Great day, Yitzchak. Great day, David. Later out.
Thank mm-hmm. you.